Welcome to another episode of Financial Wellness Decoded, the official podcast of the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey. I'm your host, Lawrence Eichen. In this episode, we're going to discuss 401k plans. Now, to do that, I interviewed Ricky Taylor, Regional Director at Retirement Plan Consultants, or RPC for short. Ricky is responsible for 401k consulting in partnership with financial planners, financial advisors, CPAs, lawyers, and payroll providers. RPC's retirement solutions offer expertise in plan design, administration, and record-keeping services. Now, prior to joining RPC, Ricky spent over 15 years as a local third-party administrator. He was a dedicated resource to the plans he serviced with great knowledge of their operations and a one-phone-call attitude. He started his career at New York Life Investment Management, where he worked with retirement plans and was part of the marketing group for their Upstart 529 plan. So Ricky has a wealth of experience with 401k plans and qualified plans in general. And if you asked him now about his career, he'd probably tell you it's all about shaking hands and kissing babies, as he spends a lot of time in business development and ensuring that operations run smoothly. So without any further delay, here's the interview, and we hope that you like it. Well, I'd like to welcome my first guest, Ricky Taylor. Ricky, are you there? I am here, Lawrence. Thank you. Ah, great to have you on board today. How are you doing today? Lawrence, I'm feeling pretty good today. Really good. Good, good. Well, let me officially welcome you to Financial Wellness Decoded. And are you ready to decode, Ricky? I am absolutely ready to decode, Lawrence. All right, Ricky. So let's get right to 401k plans because these are really interesting to talk about for people that you know are not familiar with them. Obviously, they've been around for a long time and a lot of people do know the you know, 401k plans, but they may not know it as well as you or in details that uh, could help them with their decision-making process. So let me ask you straight up, like what are the benefits for an employee to participate in an employer's 401k plan? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And when you think about it, um, having a 401k offered by a company is most likely the best way an individual is going to have to save for retirement. It's the most tax efficient way for an employee to defer money into a retirement account. Um, Even if the company is offering an employer contribution, that's a great way for the participant to essentially supercharge their savings with the addition of the employer sponsored money. Okay. So give me an example of what you mean by an employer contribution. Let's say I'm an employee and I'm making, you know, $50,000 a year and I have an option to go into my employer's 401k plan and I want to put some money into it. How does that work like with an employer contribution? Right. So from the employee perspective, If they're making $50,000 a year and they, let's use round numbers, they decide to defer $10,000 on a pre-tax basis. Now, instead of the government taxing them at $50,000, they're going to tax them at $40,000 because they put $10,000 into the retirement account on a deferred basis. So with that money coming out on a pre-tax basis, it's allowing the participant to save on their overall tax burden. 
Okay. And then the employer will match some type of contribution that's made. And there's probably some type of limit that the employer has. Usually it's like a percentage. Sometimes I've seen it up to 6%. So in our example, if you're saying the employee is going to put in $10,000 over the course of a year, and that's going to come right from their paycheck, I'm assuming going right into the 401k. That's why I, uh, you know, they're not getting taxed on it. Um, What, you know, what percentage typically will the employer match? And, you know, how does that translate into a dollar uh, effect? Right, absolutely. So essentially, the employer can decide on, on what percentage to match. And if we're using an example, let's say uh, the employer decides to match, you know, 6%, okay? So if the employee is making $50,000 and uh, the employer decides to match up to 6%, that's a maximum of $3,000. So what that means is, as long as the employee defers a minimum of 6%, which is $3,000, then the company is going to give them a 6% match, which again is $3,000. So if you think about it, uh, with the employee only doing the 3% or or, uh, $6,000, they're actually getting $12,000 into the account for that particular year. Got you, got you. Well, yeah, if we did that right. So let's say it's it's $50,000 and they were going to put in a maximum of 6%, which is 3,000. If the employee was going to put in 10,000, it sounds to me in your example, the employer would put in an, an additional 3,000, which is the maximum 6% of 50,000. So the 10,000 that the employee is putting in plus 3,000, let's say that the employer is matching. So the employee is really getting $13,000 to go into the account, but he's actually only putting in 10 out of his own pay. Is that, is that a fair way of saying that? That is an absolute fair way of saying it. And that's kind of what I was referring to when I said, you know, if the employee has the ability to take advantage of supercharging their account, um, their deferral plus the employer contribution going in. Right. And of course, I'm using an example of a $50,000 salary, but if we were making $100,000, right, uh, now 6% of that is going to be, uh, you know, a much greater figure. It's double, basically $6,000. And if they're working there for maybe 20 years or so, now we're talking 6000 for another 20 years, let's say, right? And even if the salary goes up, it's actually more than that. And, uh, you know, you can see how there's a big chunk of money that the employers put in. And of course, that money's going to grow, as you said earlier, tax deferred in that account. So it's a snowball effect where the employee gets the benefit almost of free contributions, free money that now can be compounding over time, right? Absolutely. And let me ask you this. So what types of investments are typically in a 401k that an employee would be you know, choosing to invest in? Well, typically you're going to see mutual funds, okay, because mutual funds seem to be the easiest option. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot invest in stocks or ETFs, but when you're typically dealing with an employer-sponsored plan, mutual funds are going to be the way to go. Okay. And uh, are there, is it just one family of mutual funds that they're going to be choosing from, or are there multiple families or, you know, what's typically uh, done with these 401k plans? You're going to see a multitude of families within the investment lineup, uh, depending on 
what the advisor selects and what the money manager is using. So for instance, when we're operating as a money manager, we're using uh, dimensional funds and Vanguard funds. We also have a host of uh, American funds and things like that. So it's not going to be just one fund family. And I'm going to be honest, you probably don't want to have all of your money in one family of funds. Okay. Uh, Diversification is absolutely going to be the key here. Okay. Yeah. You brought up a good uh, topic there, diversifying, because diversification, you know, it's funny. A lot of people will think diversification is not having them all in the same family of mutual funds. Then there's diversification for, you know, uh, growth stocks or um, large cap stocks or international or all these different various types or flavors of mutual funds. So that's another way of diversification, you know, low risk, moderate risk or aggressive type mutual funds. And I've actually heard people say, and I'm sure you've heard people say that diversification for, for an investor is not putting all your money with one particular financial advisor. It's like, I'm going to put some of my money with Joe. I'm going to put some of my money with Steve and some with Sue. And that's the way I diversify, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing. But some people believe diversification includes that as well, right? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. But here's the question that I'm going to ask. If you're putting your money with Joe and Sue and other uh, financial advisors, and they're putting all of your money in the same category of investing, then you're basically not diversifying. So that's something that um, a person absolutely wants to pay attention to. What classification of investments is your money being invested in? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I say it's, even though the investor thinks they're diversifying from a practical standpoint, it's not really, that's not real diversification, just putting your money with different financial advisors. So let me ask you this, you mentioned something about tax deferred growth in these 401ks. Can you explain to the listeners, you know, how that works and the benefit of that? Yeah, absolutely. So if we go back to our example of uh, an employee making $50,000 and they defer $10,000 into the 401k on a pre-tax basis. So again, that $10,000 is going to go into the account. It's it's on a pre-tax basis. So it's going to continue to grow with the earnings of the account. And when that participant decides to take that money out, they didn't pay taxes in the beginning, but they're absolutely going to have to pay taxes when they take that money out. So they're paying taxes on the $10,000 cost basis, plus whatever earnings the account has made as well. Uh, so that's the concept of, you know, on a pre-tax basis, paying taxes later as opposed to paying taxes now. Got you. And also one of the benefits is clearly would be that if they're putting that $10,000 over the course of the year into that 401k plan, they're not actually getting taxed on that. So their salary may be 50000 for the year in our example, but they're only being taxed at $40,000 because 10000 went into that 401k on a, on a pre-tax basis and it went right into the 401k, no taxes taken off of it. And so their overall tax liability for their years as they're an employee working goes down even though they're at a higher salary rate, they're actually being taxed at a lower rate, correct? Bingo. That is absolutely correct. All right. I like getting bingos. <laughs> so tell me, um, what about in these 401ks now? I, I'm, I've heard these you know, 401ks have like a Roth deferral option. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? I mean, obviously we know about there's uh, Roth IRAs, but how is that uh, you know, with respect to a 401k when they talk about a Roth deferral option in a 401k? 
Right. And you know, Lawrence, this can absolutely be a great benefit, especially if uh, the participant or even a business owner for that matter, has exceeded the income limit to participate in the Roth IRA. So theoretically, just like you would defer money into a pre-tax deferral option, uh, when we design plans, we can add a Roth deferral feature. So if we're using the same example of an employee making $50,000 and they defer $10,000 into a Roth deferral account, they are actually being taxed on that full $50,000. Okay. The 10,000 goes in. And as long as the account has been open for at least five years and the participant is at least 59 and a half, the 10,000 comes out tax-free because it's already been paid as well as the earnings the earnings come out tax-free. So this is a phenomenal situation if, again, the participant and or business owner has exceeded the uh, the income limit to participate in a tax-free Roth option. Oh, I got you. You know, we talked about the benefits for the employees in, in participating in a 401k that the employer is offering. What about for anybody who's out there listening who is contemplating as an employer offering a 401k to um, their employees, what are the benefits for the employer to offer 401k plans? That's another great question. And I would say right off the bat, if you are an employer and you're looking to attract and retain good employees, quality employees, uh, whichever description you want to use, having a great benefit plan in the 401k is going to be very beneficial because when you think about an employee is going to be putting in their time and they want to reap the benefits of a great retirement account. So if I were an employer looking to start a plan, that's the first thing that I'm thinking, how can I attract and retain my best employees? And then from my own perspective as a business owner, I would love to use my business as a way to fund my retirement. Okay, my retirement account. So for me as a consultant, when I sit down with a business owner, I'm explaining how my first goal is going to be to maximize the business owner and show them how we can use the benefits of the company to fully maximize their contributions to the tune of either 57,000 or 63,500, depending on the age. So again, attracting and retaining the best employees and maximizing a business owner's contributions are going to be two of the main reasons why an, why an employer would want to start a, uh, a 401k plan. So it sounds like the employer has a, a real big incentive to reduce his own tax liability by opening a 401k if he can take advantage of the liberal amounts that he can contribute to uh, that 401k plan. Is that is that a fair statement? That is an absolute fair statement. And I would even add on to it. Uh, there are tremendous corporate deductions if an employer starts a retirement account as well. So that's something else that I do consult on. I don't want to go into great detail now because I don't want to confuse anybody um, because it is a complicated situation. But what I want people to understand is there's a great benefit on the corporate side of tax deduction when starting a retirement account. Great. Now you mentioned something about like when we were talking about the Roth, as long as somebody was over the age of 59 and a half. And that sort of reminds me of what important rules are there with respect to taking distributions from a 401k plan? Because if somebody's less than the age of 59 and a half and they run into some situations in their life where they need money, 
oftentimes, you know, they look to this 401k plan as a potential source, but there are some limitations, some rules that have to be complied with. Um, otherwise, they're going to get penalties. So, or, and certainly pay taxes as well, as you mentioned, when it comes out, uh, if, it's, uh, if it's not that Roth deferral option that we were just talking about. So what are some of the important rules that, you know, the listeners should be aware of when it comes to taking distributions from a 401k? And you know, Lawrence, this is this is a really, really good um, topic of discussion because, you know, so many people, they simply don't fully understand how the rules work. And when I'm actually doing uh, education and enrollment meetings, the key thing that I try to emphasize is your retirement account is not a glorified account. You cannot simply put money in and take the money out whenever you'd like, okay? Um, because there are specific rules we have to adhere to them and literally teach and educate the participants. So for instance, some of the reasons that you might be able to take a distribution, A, if you hit 59 and a half, which is typically when an in-service distribution is allowed. If you leave the company, you are now free to take your monies out. Um, maybe the plan has a hardship feature, in which case, you know, there needs to be an immediate financial need that actually has to be proven before you can take those monies out. So again, I just, I try to make it exceptionally clear that you simply cannot put money in and take money out. Now, another way that uh, participants might be able to get money out is if the plan has a loan feature. Okay. And I'll tell you, I've heard this a number of times where the loan feature hasn't been fully explained. And I'll give you an example. Um, there was one participant who was able to take a loan out of his account. And as he was, you know, kind of walking and talking with one of his buddies, the buddy says, well, wait a minute, I have a 401k. I want to take a loan also. But the buddy didn't have enough money in his account to take the loan out. Okay. So he goes to the HR representative and I want to take a $5,000 loan. Now, you have to have at least $10,000 in your account in order to take a $5,000 loan because you can take up to a 50% uh, loan of the balance. So as the HR manager explained to the, to the employee, I'm sorry, you can't take a loan because you don't have enough money. He was upset. And I think all that could have been avoided with the proper education. Okay. And that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do right now. Cool. You know, uh, Ricky, I heard you say something. I just want to make sure that I heard it correctly. Uh, you said something that if you leave your employers, let's say I'm switching jobs and I'm going from one employer to another and my present employer has a 401k, did you say that you could take your money out of the 401k or did you, did I hear you wrong or did you mean that they could roll it over into another tax deferred account, like a, an IRA, let's say, um, as opposed to just taking it out without running a risk of penalties or taxes. Is that, is that more, is that accurate what I'm just saying? Well, that is accurate. So I'll give you a few other, uh, a few other options. So when you separate from service, when you leave a company, you do have options with your 401k. One, you can absolutely take it as a cash distribution. Okay. You will be required to pay the taxes. And if you are not at least 59 and a half, which is the normal retirement age, you're going to pay an additional 10% early distribution penalty. Okay. You can also roll that money into another uh, qualified retirement plan. So let's say you leave one job and you go get a job someplace else and that job does have a 401k, the rules and regulations do allow you to roll over your previous 401k into the new 401k. Gotcha. The bottom line is, yes, you can get your money, but 
there's potential ramifications depending on what your personal circumstances are, meaning what your age is and, um, and if, whether you're just taking it out as a cash distribution, yes, you can get it, but you're going to still pay taxes on it. As we said, you can't, you can't escape paying taxes on it. Um, so it's just a matter of what, whether you need that, you know, for some reason, and you want to pay the penalties and the taxes, or you want to just, roll it over into another um, qualified investment plan where you don't have to pay the taxes and you wouldn't have to pay any penalties as well doing that. Um, so it's going to just depend on your age and your personal circumstances. But I think most people when they are still in their working years and they're less than the age of 59 and a half are probably just rolling that over into an IRA or if possible, transferring it right into their next employer's 401k. Is that possible? Can you go from 401k to another 401k like a previous employer to now your new employer can you do that you absolutely can do that um and that was going to be another key point even with the ira okay uh you can roll your 401k to an ira my suggestion is always to do a direct rollover and that simply means when the check is cut the check is cut for benefit of the participant to the financial institution. That's going to alleviate the, uh, the tax ramification as opposed to, let's say the check was made out to Ricky Taylor. Okay. They're going to automatically withhold 20%. And if I wanted to roll that into an IRA, I actually have to come up with that 20% to roll the entire amount into the IRA. So a direct rollover is always going to be in the best interest of the participant. Okay. And uh, I also, let's just talk about, I know briefly these 401ks, they're very safe, right? I mean, there's, they're, they're under the ERISA protection. So what does that mean from a practical standpoint? If a company has troubles, financial troubles, is anybody who's got their money in a 401k at risk in that situation? Well, 401ks, um, you know, again, under the ERISA umbrella, employee retirement income security act, uh, they are generally protected from creditors, bankruptcy proceedings and civil lawsuits. So your retirement assets are not at risk. If your employer declares bankruptcy, in addition, creditors, um, that you may owe, they actually can't put a claim against those funds held in your retirement account. So from that perspective, I would say the 401k is, is relatively safe. So anybody running up uh, lots of credit card debt and gets into uh, a difficult situation with a collection agency or even have to face uh, lawsuits for their money to owe to credit cards, if they get judgments against those individuals, they, those judgment creditors can't go and try and get access to your retirement account that's in a 401k, right? Correct. Absolutely. I might okay. have to give you another bingo on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's fine with me. And Ricky, what is the best way for anyone who's listening now to reach you? Uh, is there a website you'd like to give out or an email that you'd like to give out? What's the best way for somebody to get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely, Lawrence. Thank you for that again. Um, so my company's website is retirementplanconsultants.net. Again, retirementplanconsultants.net. My email address is Ricky, R-I-C-K-I-E, the letter T. So Ricky T at wealthfirm.info. 
Okay, wealthfirm.info. All right, Ricky. Well, listen, um, that's all the time we have for this uh, podcast today. I want to thank you for being our guest. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And I look forward to uh, meeting you in person once this pandemic subsides and our paths cross. But thanks so much for your time today. Lawrence, this was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I, I send my best out to everyone. Let's continue to be safe. And most importantly, let's continue to have fun. Thanks. Take care. 